I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Kings, please, the 18th chapter. 1 Kings, the 18th chapter. Amen. And we're going to read from verse 24. Amen. I enjoyed the presence of the Lord today. It's so wonderful to have the very breath of God. Amen. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives inside of us. Amen. Praise God. Okay, if you're there, they got it up there. And you call upon the name of your God, and I'll call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by far, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. We're going to title this this morning, The God That Answers By Fire, Let Him Be God. Let Him Be God. God almost put up with anything except children of Israel turn to idol worshipers. And when they did, he would sell them into bondage. And we have here the children of Israel had turned to idols. They were worshiping Baal. And Elijah stands against 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Jezebel. And they all had an agreement. They were going to make a sacrifice, build an altar. And the God that answered by fire would be God. They all agreed to that. They made an agreement on that. And uh, God uses many different symbols in the Bible to describe the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. One is that he's like a fire. He's not fire, but he's like a fire. Then it said he's also like water. He's not water, but he's like water. Fire speaks of God's power, cleansing, sanctifying, and making you clean, burning up the chaff. Everything in our lives that doesn't look like God, he burns it up. And then the water speaks of the word, which is cleansing. Peter said, I've cleansed you by the spoken word that I've spoken unto you. So it speaks of those things. And it gives reference to the nature of his character. His character, he is like a dove. He's meek. He's lowly. He's gentle. And he's kind. God is love. He draws all men unto himself by love. He loves what he has created. Even though Israel has turned away from God... He's going to give them a picture to turn back to God. I believe we're living in a day where we start looking for God to show us pictures. If he did it then, why won't he do it now? He wants you to have a vision of who he really is and what he's really like. And Elijah, we don't know much about Elijah. He just, poof, he appears in the scripture. But he's one of the three that fasted 40 days, Moses, Jesus, and Elijah. There's only three in the Bible that ever fasted 40 days. And you wonder why that they're the only two that showed up with Jesus on the Mount Transfiguration. 
neither one of them really saw death. Elijah, it's a debatable about Moses, but we know he's alive because he appeared on the Mount Transfiguration. As we go through this this morning, God wants you to be transformed. As Jesus was transformed on the mountain, that's when we receive the fire of God in our life. We're to be transformed. The old man is to die and a new man is to come forth. And the blood of Jesus not only cleanses you from your sin, the Bible said he's continually cleansing you of all your sins. He's living in here and he's watching after you. Romans 5 and 5 says, For hope maketh not a shame, for the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Elijah had a, a, a good acquaintance with God. They was on a first name basis. The Lord had flew him around a few times, just pick him up and fly him around. I tell you, you'd have to have a good acquaintance with God to pick you up and just fly you around. Ahab sent some prophets, false prophets to get him one time and he just called fire down from heaven and burned them up. He had such acquaintance with God. And it could be because he was such a prayer man. We find that in the book of James, the fifth chapter, he prayed. And God likes to see his people, said Andrew Bohr in 1853, shut up in prayer, that there is no hope but in prayer. Heaven lives off the prayers of the church. Prayer doesn't change things. Prayer moves the hand of God that changes things. When we pray, he moves on our behalf. So it's important to pray and watch him work. Jeremiah 32 and 27 said, Is there anything too hard for God? We'll come to that again in a minute. Is there anything too hard for God? Jeremiah 33 and 3 said, Call upon me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you don't know. Call upon him. Another scripture said, I'll answer you before you call. That's how much he cares about his creation. Now we're going to turn to 1 Kings 18, verse 37 and 39. They'll put that up there. Then you can read it off the screen. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord and God, that you have turned their hearts back don't never give up on people. God doesn't give up on them. We shouldn't give up on them. He's fixing to turn all of Israel's hearts back to God. They're fixing to see the real God in operation. And so he asked them this question. All right, verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord failed and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, the dust, and he licked up the water that was in the trench. You know, that would be a pretty awesome sight to see, wouldn't it? To see God come down in such fire. I tell you, when you get the Holy Ghost, God put fire in your soul. The Bible said, Jeremiah said, the fire is shut up in my bones. There's something about 
fire that changes things. Everything that God touches, it changes. He take the worst and turn it into the best. He loves changing things. All right, verse 39. Now, when all the people saw it, can you imagine seeing that fire come down from heaven, burn up the sacrifice, burn the stones up, and licked up all that water? Notice here, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is what? God, the Lord. He is God. I believe God wants to manifest himself in such a way that we have never experienced and never seen before. I believe we need that to turn people's lives and hearts back to God. God didn't give up on them. He made restitution to show them that he is still their God. I don't care how far you get from God, he's still your God. You're still written in the palm of his hand where he can look at you. Every day he sees you. He turned their hearts back to God. He didn't write them all because of that. And Elijah, when he prayed, he expected fire for the bobo to come. When we pray, we're going to pray here after a while. The church is going to pray for Peggy and I. We need prayer. But I want you to expect something when people pray. Watchman Nee, the Chinaman, he died in prison in China. Most of his writings was written in prison. He wrote one book, Releasing Your Spirit. He said, when the Spirit of God is in you, the deep cries to the deep. God will put people in your life that they can release their spirit into your spirit, but you have to receive that spirit. So God wants you to receive the spirit that he has. He wants to release it. And when somebody comes up to you sometime want to pray for you, you've got to accept their spirit releasing your spirit. God is a God of encouragement. He's not a God of defeat. He's a God of champions. He raises up things when things seem so bad. So I want you to expect something to happen. I want to encourage you to <clears throat> don't think about failure, defeat, and problems. Think about miracles. Think about what a great God he is. Just think about all the blessings he's blessed with you. He's not dead. He's not finished. He's still the greatest blesser in this world. So train your mind to think about miracles, signs and wonders about the wonderful things of God that can happen in your life. I'm so glad to see Brother Melvin here. Amen. Now I know he's glad to be here. I don't know how many months was it you spent in lockdown. Amen. And it, it was it, it's just so glad to see him here today. So he's a wonderful God that we serve. It was the fire of God that the angels took off the altar of fire in heaven and laid them upon Isaac's, Isaiah's lips, fire on his lips. It takes the Spirit of God to convict a man of his sins. 
all the talking, all the preaching, listen to me, if preaching would save the world, we'd have done had the world saved. Preaching's not going to save this world. It's the fire of God in your life. Preaching's not going to keep you alive. It's the fire of God in your life that keeps you alive. Praise God. The fire of God. That's when Isaiah said, Woe unto me. And Isaiah's considered the major prophet. There's four major prophets, maybe five. I'm going to see this. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Four major prophets. The rest of them minor prophets. But what caused, he, he's considered the greatest of them. Because Jesus quoted him more than any other prophets in the Bible. So did the Apostle Paul. But what made him say, I am unclean? A prophet of God. It was the Spirit of God. The fire of God igniting his soul. If you want your soul ignited, get the fire of God in your life. And you have to stir it to keep it alive. Paul told Timothy, stir that fire in your life. Most of you probably wasn't raised on a farm where they had far places and a far poker. You had to poke that thing every once in a while. You had to stir it up and it gets the flame. And how many know that maybe your flame needs to be stirred up? Maybe your fire needs to be punched. Maybe your fire needs to be blown on. God, Isaiah said, I am God that created the smith that blows the flame. Listen, it's the breath of God in you that blows in you that keeps you alive. We used to sing an old song, it's the Holy Ghost and fire that's keeping me alive. We got to have good teaching but it's not going to keep you alive. If it was, Jesus taught disciples three years, never changed them, never changed them. But I tell you, on the day of Pentecost, when the fire of God got in their life, they was new creatures in Christ. The things they was arguing about, they had forgot. They were sold out. Their lives meant nothing for God because there was a fire that burned inside, had burned up that old man, and a new man had come forth and came out of the fire. We talk about Shadrach, Abishak, and Abednego. There needs to be a fiery furnace, and we come out of that fiery furnace alive with no smoke on us, no hurt, no pain on us because the fire of God protects you from the things of this world. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's fire. It's fire that keeps you alive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Bible said that Abraham got up early in the morning to go sacrifice his son and he took the fire with him. Oh, how many are taking the fire with you? When you get up in the morning, are you going to take the fire with you before you go out the door? Are you going to take the fire with you on your journey and whatever you're up against tomorrow? Listen, whatever you come up, if you've got the fire of God in you, you're ready to obey what God says to do. He knew he was going to sacrifice that boy, but he carried the fire with him. How many of you got the fire with you this morning? We need to pray for the fire to catch on fire in our lives and burn us like it's never been burned before. Amen. Hallelujah. Some said, well, I got the Holy Ghost 30 years ago. That's wonderful. But it is alive today like it was 30 years ago. It should be more alive. It should be burning brighter and flaming longer than it's ever burned before. Praise God. Because you had a chance for God to blow it. I'm just glad he's blowing on you. He's blowing on you. 
Brother James mentioned Sunday school class this morning. Adam was created out of the dust. That's all he was, just a bunch of mud and dust. He was nothing else but mud and dust. Bible scholars said they ought to knew. The scholars should knew when Jesus reached down on the ground and picked up the mud and spittled on it and put it in the man's eye. They should have known right then if they knew the scripture that he was the Christ, the creator of mankind that scooped up mud out of the dirt. Here he is scooping up mud again and renewing. Listen, God can reach down where you are in the worst situation in your life and change your life just by scooping down where you are and touching you with the fire of God. Oh, how we need the fire of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Got to stir the fire. John the Baptist said, there he comes, the Lamb of God. Let's go back to Judges 6 and 2. And the fire came out of the rock and consumed the sacrifice. I want you to go back and read that. The fire came out of the rock and consumed the sacrifice. And John the Baptist said, there he comes. The one who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. That's him right there, Jesus, the rock. Jesus said upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. We should not be a discouraged people down and out and put out But what's going on in this world. Our Redeemer lives. He lives, he lives, he lives in here. He lives in your heart. And if he's for you, there's nothing in this world can be against you. You may have problems, but I guarantee you, you got the creator inside of you. Let the God be God that answers by fire. And they all agreed. And they all fell on their faces. Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there's a rushing mighty wind and clothing tongues as the fire set upon them. And they all spoke in tongues. Listen, when the fire of God gets in your life, your language is going to change. Hmm? When I begin to be promoted in the management, Having some tough time, I read you need to lay a sock on your desk. Sort of remind you to stay loose. I found that ain't worth nothing. What you need to stay loose is the fire of God burning up the chaff. The fire of God burning up what's been accused you of. And just let the fire of God burn it up and just get rid of it as quick as you can. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. He that answers by fire... We're going to let him God be God. We're going to let him be God. Praise God. Leviticus 9, 23 and 24. said, The glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. In verse 24. There came a fire out from before the Lord and consuming upon the altar the burnt offering and all the fat which was also there and the people saw it and they shouted when they saw the fire of God and fell to the ground on their faces. How many believe that we need enough of the power of God to cause us to fall on our faces before God and begin to cry out unto God? I heard just recently somebody told me that, that about two women, one of them connected with this church, falling on their faces and weeping and crying for souls. 
That's what God wants to see is the fire of God inside of us. The fire of God. Hallelujah. It'll change your life. It used to be a song. Man came home. He was an alcoholic. He said, son, you don't have to hide behind the door no more when daddy comes home. Daddy's a new man. Listen, if you still got your old nature after you become a Christian, you need the fire of God. You need to burn up that old man. You need to keep him on the cross. You need to keep him in the furnace. Amen. Come out like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego did with no harm on your life. I don't care how hot it gets. I'm praying and I know the church is praying. Brother Clayton didn't said some things this morning. Things may get worse. The fire furnace was heated seven times hotter than it ever had been. It got worse. Glory to God. But I'm going to tell you the children of God had the fire of God in their lives. When they went in there, they knew in whom they trust. And they said, you put us in there if you want to. We're not bound down. Listen, you don't have to bow down. It'll be an idol worship. You can just bow down to these ideas that's going on and reject it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to get hotter, but praise God, you're going to be more greater than you've ever been in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. They fell down. They fell down. And God appeared to Moses in a flame of fire. Wouldn't that be wonderful if God just appeared down here in just a flame of fire? Some of us would probably pass out and some of us would probably run out of the building. We need a picture, the manifestation of the power of God in our lives. Not just Christmas, but daily in our lives. Daily in our lives. Daily. The God that answers by fire, we're going to let him be God. Acts 2 is a miraculous new birth. A new birth. The church needs a Holy Ghost emergency room full of fire. Where people come to church, they can go into the emergency room. Huh? Thank God for the emergency rooms in the hospital. Thank God for the hospitals. Thank God for the doctors. Thank God for the nurses. But there need to be a church room full of the Holy Ghost and fire where they can go in there with the worst cases in the world. Brother Mevin might not have been here today if it hadn't been for God, people praying for him in the emergency rooms and where they had him shut up for so long. Jason Crump, I understand, got released from the hospital yesterday. Been in there several months. Oh, but I'm telling you, thank God for people that praise for the things of God. Praise God to pray. To pray. The emergency room brings new life. New life. Amen. A guy told me some time ago. Um, ambulance carried him down here to St. Michael and one of his friends said you shouldn't have let him stop there you should have carried him right on up to Texas County he said if they hadn't stopped there I wouldn't have been alive 
They ministered life to me and kept me alive. How many of you go to Jacob? Oh, glory to God. Caleb said, I'm 85 years of old. I've been in the wilderness 40 years, but God has kept me alive for this time. How many believe that God has kept you alive for this time? You have never fully entered into the full promise that God has for us, but Brother Bobo, he's kept you alive for a reason. Sister Linda, he's kept you alive for a reason. We have not entered in the fullness that God has for us. He said, prepare yourself today. Sanctify yourself, Joshua said, for tomorrow you're going to go in a place you've never been before. You're going to go where I prepared for you for 40 years. I'm going to take you in there tomorrow. How many believe that God is going to take you into the promise that he's promised you? You haven't seen it for 40 years in a lifetime, but it's there. And tomorrow you're going to cross over Jordan and it's going to back up and let you walk in. Let the God that answers by fire be God. Let him be God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus says, I'm alive and I'm alive forevermore. Praise the Lord. I'm going to share a story with you written by Jim Symbol. Um, he starts off 25 years ago. The Brooklyn Tabernacle could barely draw 20 people on Sunday services. 25 years ago when he wrote that, only 20 people would show up. He was discouraged, broken, and ready to quit. But he said, now there's 6,000. Today they got more than that. A friend called him from Florida said Jim why don't you come down here and spend a few days on my yacht and just go out by yourself I mean you know that sometimes that's where brother Sam's gone for one week into the mountain just carried him some water and sort of dry food to eat he told me I'm just don't take my Bible I'm going to read and pray and I'm going to seek the face of God Every individual needs to have a time in your life that you slip away, just you and God. He wants a personal relationship with you. He wants to talk to you personally. Praise God. He wants to tell you how much he loves you and how much he cares for you and the things of God. So he goes down there, discouraged. Out on the lot, the yacht, he was ready to quit going to quit preaching. I think he was a basketball star in college, had a chance for the pros. But he went into the ministry. And while he was laying there, God began to speak to him. I don't care how low you get. God is with you. You need to put your listening ears on because he's a-talking. He began to talk to Jim. He said, Jim, the story has this, he said, what happened to a broken down church in one of America's meanest neighborhoods points the way to a new spiritual vitality and a new life. He got off the yacht, flew back to Brooklyn, 
God said, teach my people to pray. He set up a Tuesday night prayer meeting. 15 to 18 people showed up. Today, they in downtown Brooklyn, they bought a, an old theater with Bandon, renovated it, seats 4,000. They have four services on Sunday. They have Tuesday night prayer. People can't get into the building. They pack it. They stand outside on the streets because a prayer moves the hand of God. Huh? He said, as we began to pray, this is what he said. You know, Jesus said, the harvest is great. The fields are white. Pray for the Lord, which Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. Pray for him to see labors. He said, God began to send labors. <clears throat> Excuse me. that God began to draw people. One class of people he drew was junkies. I don't know what a junkie is. Brother Watkins, do you know what a junkie is? Okay, if y'all want to know, you can ask him at service. He knows. Then he began to send... prostitutes. You'll never win people by criticizing their lifestyle. You'll never win them by telling them it's wrong. You'll never, you'll never, you'll, you'll never do no good. No man cometh to God except he's drawn by the Spirit. The Spirit has to draw. You say, why would God be drawing these junkies? Prostitutes. You ready for the next ones? Homosexuals. You're not going to convert homosexuals by telling them and reading scriptures in the Bible and how wrong it is. That's God's business. He said, I sent the Holy Ghost to convict them of their sin because they don't believe in me, don't believe in the church. He just said, because they don't believe in the church. He, Jesus said, because they don't believe in me. Homosexuals. Backslid lawyers all types of business people. He began to draw them. He drew people that didn't know anything about music, but God began to train them. Exodus 31 said, God, I put my spirit in him. He knows all this stuff. Read that and see. He said, God did that. He brought people in that joined the choir, playing the piano, and other things, helped them win more than one time, the Grammy-winning choir award because they prayed and God moved. He brings the prostitutes. He brings the homosexuals. You better get ready when you start praying what kind of people might come in here. Hmm? Well, I don't think they got, a, they got as much right in here as, a, as an angel from heaven, I guess. They're coming to be changed. They're coming because God's love is pulling on them. They're coming for a new life, amen. I don't know what to say about all the people coming across the borders. I don't, com com I, I don't deal with that one bit. 
But I tell you, I believe there's some people hungry for more than what they're coming from. I believe there's people out there right now hungry for more than what they got. The church ought to be hungry for more than what we got. We ought to be hungry for more of God than what God we have. Brother Yoakum used to tell us, you got all the God you want. If you want more of God, you'd get more of God. Reason you don't have more of God, you don't want no more of God. But God wants to empty himself into our lives with fire and glory and honor and make us a men and women and boys and girls that he wants us to be. Sure, you have to break you sometime. Book of Jeremiah said the potter had to break the piece of clay one time. It wouldn't turn out the way. Sometimes we don't turn out the way we would like. Sometimes we don't turn out the way God would like us like. He breaks it and makes it in a vessel that suits him. It may not be suiting us, but as long as it suits him. As long as it suits him. Jim said one night, if people came had evil spirits. This young girl was full of evil spirits. Said she come up and knocked me down and grabbed me. Before the ushers could get a hold of her, said she grabbed my collar on my shirt and tore it all off just like tearing tissue paper. She was so strong for they could subdue her and said, when I got up, said, I looked at her, said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you evil spirits release her. A bright smile came over her face. She was delivered right then and there of evil spirit. She'd come to the trauma center, the emergency room of the Holy Ghost that had set her free right there in the midst of all of that. It was the fire of God that burned that evil spirit out of there. I don't know if there's any hogs around, but if it was, they probably were under them hogs. Because of the fire of God, because they began to pray. And there Jim laying on that boat, discouraged, ready to quit, going to give up and quit. Ezekiel said this, Ezekiel 2 and 2, said, and the Lord set me on my feet. How many has ever been discouraged? How many have ever been down and out? But all of a sudden you felt something moving in there. Oh, and he set you up again. The book of Ezekiel, he picked Ezekiel up several times and just flew him around. I tell you, I, I want to see that. I want to see the Spirit of the Lord get so strong in here. Some of you just pick you up out of your seat and fly you around in here a little bit and then set you back down. You say, look out, Brother Billy, you get too far. He's done it with Elijah. He's done it with Ezekiel. He's done it with a, well, that's the Old Testament. God is still the same. He hasn't changed. He's not old. He's new. He brought forth new things. He doesn't got rid of them old things. He didn't fulfill all that. That was a shadow. But he brought forth new things. He picked up Philip and just carried him off to another city and just set him down, just flew him over there. He didn't have to get on no Boeing 57 or whatever and fly over there. The Lord flew him over. He said, I don't know about that, Brother Billy. Listen, God wants us to get so close to him that he can do to our lives whatever he wants to do to our lives. The God that answers by far, let him be God. Just let him be God. Hallelujah. Let him be God. Ezekiel 3, 12 and 24. And Ezekiel said, he lifted me in the presence of his glory. He lifted me up in the presence of his glory. Have you ever been discouraged? Then after a while you wondered why in the world you were down that low. 
and God just lifted you up like he did Jim Symbol off that yacht. He went back home. Isaiah 42 and 3 says, He will not crush those who are weak or he will quench the smallest hope. Jim Symbol was weak at that moment. And God didn't crush him. He lifted him up. Elijah was caught up and flew around, called fire down from heaven, but he got discouraged. And God asked him in the caves, what are you doing here? And God sent him right back where he left. Sometimes people pray, I wish God would move me somewhere else. God wants you to be successful right where you are. God can make you just successful right where you are as you can if you went somewhere else. Heard a preacher preach one time, there's one bad thing about running off. You always got to run back the same path you left. He didn't send Jim Symbol to another church. He sent him back to one of the worst, meanest cities. That was where Nicky Cruz operated. Is the number one gangster leader in New York until he met David Wilkerson. God has taken some of the worst people in this world and turned them to some of the greatest people in the kingdom of God because he put the fire of God in their soul and it burned in them. God used these people to change their lives. And another place in Ezekiel said, in the fire inside the cloud glowed like glistening embers. And God let him see all those things. God takes the hopeless, crazy people and changes them into vessels of honor. Paul called Peter, James, and John chief apostles. Look what they were, but he changed them. Once people are ever energized by the Holy Spirit, the fire, God takes hopeless, turns it into hope. We're going to close on this, and then we're going to ask you to come. If you need prayer, Peggy and I are going to come for prayer. We ought to all ask God to ignite us or rekindle the fire. That's what he did to Jim Symbol. He just rekindled it. He just blew on it. And he went back where he was so discouraged. And there's where God went through him mightily. Let me read something that Charles Spurgeon said. I don't know where you know much about Charles Spurgeon of his time. But he said, the best style of prayer is that which cannot be called anything but crying out to God. Like Brother Don mentioned, the blind Barmanatus, he cried out to God. Joshua stopped the S-U-N. Blind Barmanatus stopped the S-O-N. And all that large crowd, 
he had time for blind Bartimaeus. And he stopped what he was doing. God will stop whatever he's doing and hear your prayers and answer your prayers. If you need prayer, Peggy and I are going to come and the elders are going to anoint us and pray for us. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.